0: Great, so friends, um, thanks for joining us today. This is um, Stories from the Center podcast from downtown Fayetteville. We believe a podcast can facilitate helpful and holy conversation concerning justice, freedom, and peace. These are real concerns for the Fayetteville community, especially as our city continues to navigate our history, our present realities, and our future possibilities. Participants will reflect on what justice means, the connection freedom has within our community through our military ties, and the desire to live together in peace. Through seeking the stories of our people, we will find and celebrate the places where justice, freedom, and peace intersect and inspire listeners to practice the same. Our base, our our formal question that we'll be asking all guests in the future, when telling your story, how have justice, freedom, and peace impacted your life? Friends, we are grateful to welcome Skylar Owens and Myron Pitts today to our first podcast. Um, Skyler is a student outstanding student at Jack Brick High School here in Fayetteville and Myron Pitts is a, a member of the Fayetteville Observer staff and we're just grateful for both you Skyler and Myron for being our first guests and helping us launch this um great this uh, great podcast we hope. Justin Barrier, Bianca Shoneman and Lisa Craver thank you for being a part of the team that has helped brought, bring this uh, podcast to life and we just want to um just I'll give Skylar and Myron a chance to introduce themselves and, and say hello to them. Let's start off with you, Skylar, first.
1: Well, hi guys. Um, like you said, I am a senior and I'm at I go to Jack Britt High School and I'm a member of the youth group here at um, Hay Street. And when Justin asked me to be a part of this, I'm not gonna lie, I was really nervous because I do not do well speaking to other people, especially people that I don't really know. Um, but I figured that this was a challenge that I could take on. And uh, I'm really excited to be here and talk with you guys. And yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Skylar, thank you. We are so glad you're willing to take on that challenge. And we know you're going to help us all learn from you and your stories today. Appreciate you being here.
2: Myron. You're doing very well so far, Skylar. <laughs> Thank
3: you.
0: Uh,
2: I'm Myron Pitts. I'm the opinion editor, of the Fayetteville Observer. Uh, I've been with the newspaper and now website uh, since 1997. I'm a Fayetteville native, uh, graduate, graduated the Westover High School. Uh, I am married to a Methodist pastor, uh, Sarah Smith Pitts, who's the associate pastor at Campground United Methodist Church. I myself have not been a Methodist very long. I was raised Baptist. Uh, so uh, I figured we might as well get the. My whole family was Methodist, including our two uh, kids, my immediate family, so and my wife. So I figured I better go ahead and uh, jump on the train <laughs> But, uh, but uh, yeah, and so, and as part of my, my job, uh, I get a sense of the community's opinion about various matters. Uh, and we have a very opinionated community, which helps me, <laughs> but a lot of the issues we're going to talk about today uh, are ones that come up in the Federal Observer's opinion page, so I look forward to the discussion.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen.
2: Thank you, Myron, and thank you for your willingness
0: to be a part today and, and for your good work for this community. So friends, let's jump right into it, and if we could, and, and we, our purpose, our hope in this conversation is that it's, it's a holy conversation following sort of John Wesley's guides and and we just um, want it to be free-flowing. We may have follow-up questions. And we just want to encourage our guests to do the same. As questions come to your hearts, let's just enjoy this conversation around these three important pieces of our lives today. Um, Myron, get us started, office, if, if you could, um, around sure. this idea of justice. And when, when, when we speak of justice, um, what story of justice comes to heart, or comes
2: to your mind, to help us um, get going this, this afternoon? Sure, thank you, David. Um... Well, you know, I thought a lot about this question, and it really uh, weaves into something I've thought about really for years now. Um, A lot of times people see justice as sort of an abstract concept, but what people, I think, sometimes miss is that when a society moves towards more justice, it affects real people. Uh, It it gives people who didn't previously have opportunities, opportunities. And so I was born at a very uh, interesting time in American history. I just recently turned 50 in November. Um, I feel very blessed. (laughs) Um, I was born in 1970. And if you, uh, all of us here know uh, that the 1960s was a key time in civil rights history uh, in American history. Uh, the civil rights movement was really breaking down barriers, particularly in the South, not only the South, but particularly in the South. So I often reflect when I look at the choices I've made, um, in my life were able to make. If I had just even been born 10 years earlier, my life would have taken a different course. I could have still had a full life, a blessed life, but it would have been different. And so just to illustrate that, uh, you know, some of you know that I'm married to a, a white woman, a Caucasian woman, three years before I was born, 19, before 1967, that was illegal in the yep. South. Yep. Uh, so it's it's really sobering to think that were well, I just born a little bit earlier, I might not be able to marry legally the love of my life. Um I'm a big library person. Uh, I love the library. Uh, the Some of you who's been around for a while may know that the current Arts Council building is the old library. Mm-hmm. And people older than me remember that that was the old post office. <laughs> but I used to go the children's section when the library was there on Hay Street was in the lower level. So I would go down and just read. It really shaped me. I would read all the time, everything I could get my hands on. Well, literally, just a few years before I was born, the library system was segregated here in Fayetteville. So I would have had to go to a different branch, or I would have had a, I would have had a different resources, mm-hmm. lesser resources That's right. than 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 white than white children would have had. And so, I, you know, I went to and last piece of the puzzle, I would say or the last thing I would say is that I graduated from University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, a lot of people think of segregation and as open discrimination as something that's way in the past, but it's relatively recent. UNC's first black students were law students in 1951. That's one of the things I was looking up before the show, just to make sure I had the dates right. The undergrad section didn't start of the college or the university didn't start integrating until the mid 1950s. Uh, My brother, who's just a little bit older than me, one of his law professors was one of those students that integrated UNC. So my point is, it wasn't that long ago. And again, if I had come along a little bit earlier in American history, uh, a lot of the opportunities I took advantage of just wouldn't have existed for someone who looked like me. So uh, if not for just the concept, the God-given concept of justice, and we know all good things come from God, but also advocates who who acted on behalf of justice. Again, I still could have had a completely full life, but I would not have had the opportunities that I have since taken uh, I've since taken for granted and taken advantage. I hope I haven't taken them for granted, but I think you know what I mean. Uh, so justice yes, has been very important to me personally. Uh, I, I can definitely say. Myron,
0: I just appreciate that reflection of, of thinking about what a decade difference would have made if you had been born 10 years earlier. That's, uh, that's really powerful. And, and one of the a follow-up for me, Myron, when you talked about the, the library really shaped me, yeah. Um, I think that's such a great reminder for all of us about the impacts of reading. You know, we we always, you know, re, re, the, the the commercials about got milk. You know, so so got books. I, I yes, and there's sure. many of us in our in our communities that believe in 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 reading in the books and and certainly the ways that our our Cumberland County Library System is so good about having branches throughout the city. I think that's a great reminder for our listeners about the importance of reading and how. You just so eloquently said that that shaped you, that formed you, that that helped you as you grew up into that. So uh, I thank you for that shout out for all the folks that work at the libraries, and just the ways that those can impact us and helped form your um, response to what justice is and how that's a good thing, that's a right thing um, when it comes to um, those those kind of um, community resources available to us. Um, Myron, I really appreciate that. Friends, any other thoughts for Myron or follow up questions for Myron on his on his, Justin, please.
4: Yeah, so one of the things that, just listening to you talk, I can tell that this is something very near and dear to your heart, um, and growing up for me, you know, I'm 33, um, by the time I was in high school, it, we didn't really consider, and granted, I went to South Johnston High School, so over in Johnston County, um, sure. I was homeschooled until high school so for me the entire we just hung out with everyone it didn't even dawn on me and maybe it's because i was a sheltered homeschool kid that didn't grow up you know uh, actually integrating with everyone but it didn't dawn on me until high school that there were pockets of people that were hanging out with other people it there was there were no clicks for me growing up until freshman year um do you, is it something that you're worried about that maybe younger people are forgetting what life was like beforehand and that that cycle may repeat going forward?
2: Justin, that's that's a a great question Um, because that is something I I think about. And I feel like when it comes to the younger generation, it's uh, I really have a lot of hope. Um, There is a concern that some of that history is lost, some of that knowledge of what it took us all as a society because you know progress during the civil rights it wasn't just progress for african-americans it was progress for the whole country and really the world um so I, i do i do fret a little bit that that will be lost on the other hand uh when i look at uh the generation after after ours the generations i am pleased that it's almost effortless in some respects, their interaction with people who are different than them. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't really think it's all just naivete. I think it's it's, it's a real sense of race matters less <laughs> to that generation. And and that's, a, that's where we wanna be. We wanna remember that history. We wanna respect it and understand where we're coming from. But it really should be effortless because uh, when I say effortless, I, I don't mean the, 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 the tough conversations we have to have. I mean the interaction right. with other people because, you know, race is, is really, it's just literally a construct. I mean, it's, it is, it's very tiny little, you know, DNA differences that separate people. So, you know, if you ever seen, we've all seen children of different races interact like little kids. It's <laughs> clearly not anything they even think about. Right. So so the fact that we're thinking about it is something that we as adults have created. So and if we have created it, we can help deconstruct it. Uh, So uh, I I have I would say I'm much more hopeful uh, and and I think we're moving in the right direction in terms of uh, seeing young people and and how they deal with with these issues. But but we don't want to lose that past knowledge. Great question. Thank you for asking me that.
0: Myron, I think that's a great um, a great way to welcome Skylar into this conversation because I believe she represents this younger generation and this idea of it being effortless. I I just think um what I have watched and what I'm witnessing as they teach me this younger generation there is this authentic and genuine care and love. It's it's what Cornell West talks about justice is what looks like what what, what love looks like in public. And I do think that that's being, um, that's being shown by our younger people. So scholar, am I right on that? Am I wrong? Am I just off the cuff on that? Tell me about your thoughts about this conversation thus far and, and what justice looks like to you from your generation's eyes.
1: I would definitely say that you're right. Um, as, you know, always being in a public school from kindergarten up to now my senior year of high school, um, I've definitely interacted with a lot of different kinds of people and kind of the social constructs that come with a community like this one. And, um, you know, I've never like witnessed like people not interacting with someone else because of their race or anything like that. I mean, I'm not going to say that there's not cliques in my high school and there's not like people who have their own group of friends, but it's never been race related. It's like, oh, like, we like sports, like, oh, we like to read, like, that type of thing, um, which is obviously an amazing thing that that's not something that my generation is focused on. Um, so, yeah,
0: that's yeah.
1: go Good.
0: with that. Skylar, as you think about and as you reflect upon your own story, and I appreciate you, um, what a great shout out to our our public schools, you know, and just the way that so many parts of our communities whether that be here in Fayetteville and Cumberland County or beyond um, the listeners that may be tuning in you know public schools have long been in the news of late there's lots of discussion around public schools and and I just appreciate you reminding us that um, you, you've been a product of public schools and and the in the public schools you know as, as Myron shared about the influence of library that has had a great influence upon your life um, scholar where do you see love being played out if you will in the in the in the hallways of of Jack Britt, where is love alive and well that would represent this idea of justice being love in action?
1: Um, We have a wide variety of clubs at school that promote, you know, um, like interaction with others and promote like loving everyone. Like we definitely have um, different clubs at school that promote, you know, like people of all different races and ethnicities and, you know, sexualities, just like all types of things like that to incorporate, to include everyone, um, which I think is really important and gives off a good message of unity. Um, Obviously things are different these days as everything is online. Um, But when we were actually back in school, We had a much smaller building, I feel like, than um, accommodated the amount of students we had. We had close to 2,000 students at Jack Britt. And so definitely when you're like physically in the hallways, just like surrounded by everyone, like you never, it was never like a negative vibe. Like it was always positive energy just going about. And that's why I enjoyed going to school so much. And I feel like I had so many friends and good interactions with people, because even if you're not like close friends with people, um, you could still like talk to them and you were never like worried about what someone was going to think of you, even though that's a really common thing in people my age.
4: Sure. So question really quick. Can I follow up with something? please, Justin? So you said when you were back in school, when you were back like in the physical building. So just like a, a random thought that popped in my head, have you noticed anything online? Have there been any more positive interactions online? And I say that with this caveat. I grew up in the, the MySpace generation, you know, MySpace, Facebook, all of that. I think Facebook started my senior year of high school, maybe senior, sophomore year, somewhere in there. Um, so with all of the social media going forward, that gave the advent the creation of the online bullying, all that kind of stuff but now that people aren't physically in school, like in the physical setting of school, have you noticed any of that uh, maybe decreasing and people are actually getting along more virtually or is it the complete opposite? Is there way more bullying? You know, what's what's going on now?
1: Um, I-
4: And I realize this is from your personal experience. You're not, I don't expect you to speak for all of students everywhere you're not like the end-all be-all but from your experience
1: um from my personal experience I think that social media has definitely played a huge role in the development of people my age um and I don't know if I would say that that's a good thing because social media can definitely has its negatives and um I have definitely experienced my fair share of cyberbullying. But I also think that that just as a part of my generation, like it comes with like growing up basically and like maturing. And so now like being a senior, I don't witness that. I don't really experience that. That was definitely something that was more prominent in middle school for me with just like all the confusion of like growing up and, you know, like middle school is just like an awkward time for everyone i'd say so
4: um
1: i don't i think it's hard to say if things have changed since going completely virtual um a lot of people have been active on social media especially because of all the political things going on in the world today and voicing their opinions And I think that everyone obviously has a right to voice their own opinion. I just think that a lot of people, especially my age, can be a little uglier about it. And like, if you don't agree with me, then you're stupid, like that type of thing. So I've definitely witnessed a lot of that happening, which is sad and not respecting other people's opinions. But other than that, I don't really see anything.
4: You think it's worse since people aren't face to face?
1: Probably because I feel like the biggest problem and I have firsthand experience in this is when you're talking like through text message or like on like an Instagram post and you're just like typing to each other like you don't really take the time to like read what the other person says and truly like comprehend it and try to understand where they're coming from and you can also misinterpret like tone. Cause like, obviously when you're talking to someone face to face, you can interpret like how they're saying something. Um, So I think that that is definitely a big downfall to texting or like talking over a um, virtual platform. Yeah. But um, yeah. So
4: I was just thinking about my wife and I texting every now and again. And sometimes I'll be like, what did you say? And she was like, I just said, get eggs. It's not a big of a deal. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Well, well, Skyler. Uh, one thing I I would say is, um, adults from what I've seen on social media can be just as bad as anyone in terms of the nasty tone. Uh, it, it's you know, as as someone who works for the media, you know, not everybody's a fan of the media these days. I've I've seen some pretty, I've had some pretty tough invective uh, directed my way, so. It's not just it's not just uh, young folks and high schoolers and teenagers, but you but you, you definitely made an important important point about communication uh, on you know through texting and through online means, particularly when you're talking about texting uh, and communicating that way. It's great. It's useful. It's efficient. But there's a lot that's lost when you can't see someone's face. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a lot that's lost in terms of tone. There's a lot that's lost in terms of context. And sometimes I've gone back and, and read, read some of the things that I texted, and I could see how, well, you know, that probably wasn't the best way I could have phrased it. So I think that's kind of where grace comes in. <laughs> uh, it, kind of give each other a break on, you know, just, just a simple matter is, uh, was like last night uh, PBS was showing all creatures great and small, which is based on a, a book that I really liked, the nonfiction book about a veterinarian in the English countryside. So it's a classic. And so I, I texted my wife, some, she was upstairs. I said, all creatures great and small. And she's like, what, What what are you talking about? (laughs) And and she had just been down uh, in the living room when it was playing, so I assume she knew that I was watching. This was the program I was watching, and then uh, then I texted back, "It's on TV," and then she texted back. So do you want me to come down and watch it with you? (laughs) And so, but if you, and that was, you know, a sort of, you know, lighthearted sort of interaction, but if you abstract that to a serious conversation, whether it be about politics, which is, you know, the main conversation of the moment, or uh, social justice or Black Lives Matter, uh, and then you throw in that you can't really see someone face to face, I think it, it can, if you're not careful, lead to some misunderstandings, and it often does. Sure, sure.
0: Friends, this is just a, 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 a unique way for us to engage in these conversations together, and I just thank you so much as we take a, a, a moment just to catch our breath. I want to go back to something that Skyler um, helped me have an image of, and I'm, I'm a little familiar with Jack Britt High School and this sort of makeup of that building, and and scholar, you talked about when you're in the midst of those hallways, and I, I envisioned, I guess I just saw this sea of humanity, you know, sort of passing through the hallways at the, at the bell and in between classes. And then you also spoke about um, the differences of opinion, which I think is such a profound part of our communities, of our culture, of our nation right now. And I want to try to help us pivot you all to this topic of freedom. You know, we, we, do, um, we do have a, a great respect, I pray for one another, that's our hope in all kinds of different places, whether that's clubs at Jack Britt, whether that's in the newspaper and in the, the forums that the, the Fayetteville Observer gives us both online digitally as well as in the print, and, and also in the church and in our downtown community. I think, you know, we are, we are living amidst times that um, lots of opinions are being shared and, and with that idea of opinions being shared, and I thank you again, Skylar, for helping to just um, spark something in my heart this afternoon, I'd like to talk a little bit more about what freedom means to you. And, and you know, this is a city that is um, connected to freedom. Um, Myron, you might be able to help us give us some history on that. We were an all-American city at one time. You know, We were um, recognized as that. And then certainly with our military connection with the good people at Fort Bragg, um, let's talk about freedom and, and how does... um how does this idea of freedom connect to the differences of opinions that we might have? And then is, you know, I'd like to also maybe talk about freedom and responsibility that comes with those freedoms. So let me just throw that out there for our guests, uh, Myron Schuyler, jump, jump on wherever that leads us to in in sort of this next conversation around freedom.
2: Well, what I was, what I was going to say is that you mentioned that, you know, we're all American city, you know, uh, we won that uh, award three times actually, in the city of Fayetteville is, it's, it, it's kind of defined as uh, patriotism, but it's also defined as taking some of that responsibility. Because as we know, just the community we live in, uh, a number of people, either active duty or veterans, they secured this, helped secure this freedom. I do believe freedom comes from above I think every person born has a right to be free but as a practical matter <laughs> in a in a let's let's call it what it is a violent world uh, armies are required by some nations to defend that freedom either you have the army yourself or you're under protectorate of another country that has the army I mean that's you know, this is earth, not heaven. (laughs) Uh, but that said, uh, I, I would even jump even faster, David, to the responsibility aspect of freedom. I think one thing that's great about Americans is that we do have free speech and it is, it is more free than even the vast majority of the West. Um, you know, th- there are things because of World War II and some things that were done there uh, by the, the the Germans and the Nazis that in some countries you can't even mention some things. And I'm not saying that I'm not judging that they're right or they're wrong, but uh, or we're wrong or they're right. Uh, but I, what I'm saying is that we can pretty much say anything here. And I'm comfortable with that. Uh, just I'm a journalist, so of course, I'm a little biased towards the First Amendment. <laughs> but uh, I'm of the school that when we speak an idea, the best way to challenge that idea is to have someone speak the opposite uh, rather than try to silence that idea. Uh, looking at the national issue, You know, we had an issue where the president of the United States was deplatformed, taken off of Twitter. Um, I don't want to get into all the nitty-gritty of that, but that's a decision I'm not
1: 100%
2: comfortable with. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more moderation as opposed to booting the president (laughs) off of Twitter. On the other hand, I, I recognize the sensitivity of the moment where we had an insurrection at the Capitol. So it's 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 really uh uh, there's a lot of churn that's happening right now in terms of uh free speech issues uh and the reason i brought that specific thing up because uh i was on twitter and i I really enjoy twitter uh and some one of the president's biggest critics the guy that i follow all the time he's just a guy from the left who just can't stand the president and anything he does but he says you know I don't know whether it's worse when he was on Twitter and you knew what he was doing, or whether he's not on Twitter and you don't know what he's doing. (laughs) And and that kind of gets to why free speech is so important. Uh, And so, but with that comes responsibility. And that's what I would like to see Americans of of all stripes uh, exercise a little bit more of, particularly those of us who are uh, followers of Christ. Um, yes, we can say anything, but is it good to say anything that comes through your head? You know, a lot of times I, I've found that, you know, I get some pretty tough emails here at The Observer. I've found that sometimes if I just kind of give it a day before I respond, my response will be better. Uh, Twitter, that concept to the nth degree, uh, I think there are people who... Tweet things one minute after they have a reaction versus one hour or two hours, they would tweet something completely different. And that's why I think that responsibility piece comes in and, and, and you know, th- there is great responsibility that comes with great freedom. And when you look at the rest of the world, we, we are about one of the most free nations that you're going to have. So that means we should be doubly one of the most responsible nations with that freedom. Sure. And uh, that's what I'd like to see more of. Sure.
0: Well said, Myron. I think that, you know, we've oftentimes heard somebody tell us, you know, hey, count to 10 before you respond. Um, I, I often like to try to remind folks, hey, pray the Lord's Prayer before you respond. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some, there's some powerful words in that, in that Lord's Prayer that can help us be more responsible in how we might respond to those kind of things that might, might not always sit well with us. Sure, um, Skylar. I want to be faithful about your time. You have a bu- busy life and want to be um, faithful to your time this afternoon. Um, tell us about any thoughts about freedom as a as a young person and helping us to to see um, what what a story of freedom might look like from your perspective and your heart and mind today.
1: Um. Well, I have been blessed to have been born in a time where um freedom is so abundant because obviously that's not the way that it always has been and growing up in school and learning about those types of things can definitely be challenging to like hear and learn about but it's also so extremely important to know those things so that we don't fall back to how things were before um and i Going back to like the social media thing, there is definitely a lot, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've definitely seen a fair share of people not being responsible with their freedoms. And it's, hard, it's a hard thing to see that they think it's okay to use social media in that way. Um, and I just think that that really reflects poorly on my generation. <laughs> Um, so that's why I'm not really a huge fan of social media. Um, I think that it can definitely be very ugly and that's definitely something that I've dealt with quite a lot throughout my life. Um, so (laughs) yeah, I'm
4: kind of, I'm chuckling a little bit because I'm reminded of, uh, in my eclectic career of different jobs that I've had, one of them was a high school teacher. And I, I taught uh, social studies for a little while in high school. And I was just thinking about going over the different issues, going over civil rights, going over women's suffrage, you know, teaching about those, those different topics. And as a teacher, it made me feel cringy and just like going, I can't believe this is where we were. Like, these are things that, that people thought were okay. Um, you know, women, nah, you can't vote. You you don't, you don't deserve that. Right. Like what, what's going on in people's heads. And so the topic of freedom, I could tell just watching your facial expressions that as you're thinking about even learning those topics, you're going, it's kind of uh, makes you feel awkward. Um, because now it's just something that is just so ingrained in us that people need to be treated like people. And it's, it's something that um, I think Myron hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, something that we kind of take for granted and we're not being responsible with it the way that we should be with those freedoms. We need to be responsible and we need to act responsibly, but it's so easy to forget when it's your day-to-day.
2: Yeah. And Skylar, in, de, in defense of your generation, if, if uh, we older folks had had social media when we were your age We have a lot of uh, hard-to-defend content out there as well. (laughs) I can speak for myself. Uh, There there are some things that uh, when I was 15, 16, that I might have said in the heat of the moment, and it would have wound up on social media, and then someone screen caps it, and it's there for, you know, in perpetuity that uh, I wouldn't have wanted out there. So, I guess what I'm saying is there are some unique challenges uh, that, that young that young folks have, uh, and it's it's just it's just something for I think again going back to that situation of grace for us all to 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 remember.
1: Right.
2: Tyler, you made a great point about just
0: the I sense that sort of the limitations of social media. and 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 to that and and i hope that you feel supported by this group of older adults around you today that we believe in your generation we we have hope and that's been expressed today as well and skylar i would just ask if you wouldn't mind sharing your thoughts about this question where do you where do you draw the line you know where does it become a recognition of the value of social media but then you you said about that you don't always believe in that like you're not always caught up in that how do you know for yourself when is right to sort of pull back from that and just be a person and not to be, um, not to be necessarily a person who's got a a virtual presence and a person who has a real presence?
1: Um, well, I have always used social media in a positive way. Um, you know, like I have Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, like I have all of those platforms and I am active on them. However, I'm not like My life doesn't revolve around them. I'm not constantly on them, wondering, oh my gosh, like who's going to like my picture? Like, will I get enough likes? You know, like, oh, what are people saying about me? Like, I hope people like this and like that. And, you know, worrying about how many followers you have and just all of that mess that people my age are so focused on. And it really takes you away from everything that's going on around you in the real world. And I definitely think that that's something that my generation struggles with. And that's definitely something that throughout growing up and throughout years of schooling, you get um, spoken to about um, to be more cognizant of that. And so for me, um, I mean, I go on it, you know, like for a few minutes a day, you know, if I Talk to my friends because like that's still a way to communicate with your friends and your peers. So I use it in that way. But, um, I guess I'm lucky enough to realize when it's too much or when it's clouding my mind or taking me away from the things around me. Um, a lot of, um, what I notice a lot of is, and I struggle with this too a little bit, but like if I'm ever like on a vacation somewhere or if I'm ever like doing something really cool, like with my family or like making memories, like I really have to stop and like, think about like, you don't need to like be on, like, you don't need to document this on social media. You just need to like be in the moment and like experience this. So, um, I mean, obviously everyone has their own limits. Um, and I think that I'm lucky to be able to realize when I'm at my limit, um so that's just me but yeah
0: yeah I love that idea of being in the moment Skylar a great reminder for all of us I don't think that that's necessarily just your generation but I think for all of us is how do we really you know fully embrace that moment and not be worried about whether we're documenting that or not um let's let's document that in the memory bank you know making those memories as you said Skylar. Um, friends, let me do this if I can to try to be faithful to Skylar's time, so she can get off to that next appointment and that next commitment to her life, so that she can be in that moment. Um, let's talk about peace. And Skylar, I'd love to um, maybe start with you this time. And um, you know, we have a we have a desire for peace. I think that it's a it's a busy time in in all of our lives. The pandemic has certainly been a great disruption for us, but we've all found ways and strategies of of finding peace. And Skylar, I'd love to. Maybe just um, hear from you. How have you found peace in the midst of not being at school, not having the the social interactions that were normal before? Where have you found peace in the heart of this um, season, and and how does that keep you grounded?
1: Well, um, obviously, this pandemic occurring has been really hard and not something that's easy for anyone to deal with. But when everything first like came out like when it hit the news like when school shut down when sports were done i was at a point in my life where i was definitely like stressed out a little like my junior year of high school is definitely like supposed to be your hardest year you know like i was on the softball team which is a you know big commitment um and i was definitely feeling the pressure of all that so when we got sent home and they were just like go home like you can't leave your house like that was honestly like a little bit of a saving grace for me because i just felt so many pressures from the outside world coming down on me and it gave me a lot of time to kind of like de-stress and obviously it was not the best circumstances for that to occur under but i mean i'm for me it kind of worked out for the better um, It definitely gave me a lot of time to focus on myself and work on myself and help myself grow. Um, I definitely, I started exercising more. Um, I started, you know, like trying new things. Like I started like cooking more and just like exploring new things, which really helped. Um, And most importantly, I think that in this past year, I've grown my relationship with God so much. And I'm like beyond thankful for that because I've definitely, even though I've always grown up in a church setting and I've always gone to youth group and, you know, done vacation Bible school and Bible studies, like I've struggled with my relationship with God and I've never felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And throughout this past year, I've just really worked hard on reconnecting with him. And I think that it has helped me so much. And I'm so thankful for that. So those are some big things that I've really worked on in the past year that have helped me keep peace while everything in the outside world has been going on. Yeah,
0: Sounds like just some remarkable strategies for you, Skylar. And I hope that can be a witness to other folks who may be struggling. But the reminder about exercising, cooking, um, relationship with God, I think those are all powerful reminders for any age to be hearing that this is a way that you have found success in, in finding peace throughout this pandemic. Yeah, thank you. Um, Scholar, I thank you for that, and just, um, just thank you for your presence here today. I don't wanna cut you off, but I wanna give you permission that when that time comes, you feel blessed and, and, and can step away to get to that next activity. We want you to stay as long as possible, so please continue, but know that you have our, our blessing on that to get to that next place. Uh, Myron, talk to us about peace from your perspective. But it's not always a peaceful place to be an editor mm-hmm. sure. um, in
2: today's newspaper
0: world. But where have you found that that place of peace?
2: Well, you know, it strikes me, David, just hearing Skyler is, is she is is taking advantage of her time at home and quarantine time in a way that a lot of us would like to. (laughs) And uh, I I definitely uh, commend you for that, Skylar. But it is a time where you have the time to reflect. And what I have tried to do with those times is to just really, to go back to something else Skylar said, be in the moment. You know, it, it is. It is as I mentioned. I believe I mentioned earlier that we have two young children. Uh, one is a kindergartner, a girl named Helen Ann. Uh, another is a uh, second grade son, and it can be very difficult trying to do virtual online education with them and also do our jobs. Uh, there's lots of juggling. There's lots of frustration online learning especially for that age is a challenge all by itself uh for the children but one thing that i stay focused on or like to think about is that we are getting precious moments of our children that we wouldn't have otherwise yeah um and that gives me All kinds of good feelings, (laughs) because you know, before you have children, or when you know, when when you when you're pregnant for the first time, parents who have raised their children, there's there's a couple things they tell you, and both of them are definitely true. One, you're not going to get as much sleep. I found that to be true, unfortunately. Amen. And the second thing, they all they all say, all parents say, is it goes fast. And I've already seen that Uh, my son will be eight. Uh, next week. <laughs> um, and it seems like just the other day, he was a little baby. Uh, and the same for my daughter. So that said, I know that not only do I cherish these moments with them now, but when suddenly they're going off to high school, I mean, going off to college and all with their lives, I will cherish them even more that I had this, uh, what I call extra time. With them, uh, so th- th- that that gives me peace. Um, some of you may know my wife had some uh, serious uh, health issue this year. Uh, she's fine now. She's in recovery now, uh, and that was a time where I spent a lot of time in prayer, as you would imagine, and and not so. Not only did uh, I have more of a connection with God in that sense. But the other thing I saw was an amazing outpouring from family, friends, church community, coworkers. It is just, what I, the way I would phrase it is your family is bigger than you think it is. Mm-hmm. And when you face a trial like what we faced, you really get a sense of the dimensions of how large your family is, whether mm-hmm. it's your church members, whether it's your coworkers, friends, so many people pouring into you. It, it really is, you know, it overflows. And us uh, and, and that was uh and that brought me not only not only peace in the midst of trial, but also joy as well. Yeah.
0: Myra, when you say that I, I think of the you know the the um, the peace that passes all understanding, you know, we may not be able to understand how that connection works or how that happens, but my goodness, it's glorious when it does. And when, when a community can feel like, when you just feel like you're surrounded and upheld by that community, that's a special thing. Yeah. Um, I am, I am grateful to say that I have felt that here in Fayetteville now for eight plus years. And there have just been many moments, you know, throughout our community's life that there, that those, those are, those are captured, those are documented, if you will, by the good folks at Fayetteville Observer. Um, they're captured in those moments that people do um, have their phones ready to take a picture um, or to vlog or blog about that or make a podcast about that. So I think that um, let's celebrate that mystery of the peace that passes all understanding. When it does happen, um, you know, is that maybe not a moment when um, heaven is ushered onto earth? You know, Thy kingdom come, we say, and we pray. Um, So that's a that's a that's a powerful piece. Friends, I I just want to give us all a chance to maybe just offer a closing remark today. This has been, um, this has exceeded any expectations I've had of what this has been about. I am so thankful for the witness that you've all given us today. And I just want to give a a chance for any concluding remarks or just to, you know, send us away with another another um, nugget that you might have for us to share with our listeners today.
2: Well, I, I, I don't mind starting. <laughs> um, the only thing I would say is, is go back to the, the, the piece about, about grace. Um, we could all use it, and as much as we could use it, other people could use it as well. And, and I think that's something that we should all uh, keep in mind. Because, you know, it's, we still have some uh, in, in large challenges in, in, the, in this country. Uh, with the pandemic and COVID, uh, with the transition in terms of the, the presidency, uh, with what are going to be some really difficult moments in terms of uh, people getting tried for different actions that they did, it's going to be a real tense time and a real time of all of us trying to stay safe uh, for some time into the future. And I think it's we all benefit. and We can give folks the benefit of the doubt, uh, grant them a little bit of grace—the same kind of grace that we need ourselves. And and that's what I would that's what I would would ask for for folks to keep in mind. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, when you were saying that, Myron, and I thought about that. Grace can can cover, consume, and convict us. And and maybe that's the a prayer for us this day is that that grace of God would indeed. Um, do that, cover our communities, consume our hearts, convict us to do the right things to live out that justice and that love in our communities that, that seem to be so desperate for it today. We're a part of those communities, um, whether that be in the newspaper um, editing room, whether in the the online classes with Jack Britt um, colleagues, you know, wherever we may be, um, there's a need for that grace to be shared for sure. Skylar, any, any thoughts from you to close out today?
1: this whole conversation has just been really good for me. Um, Like I said, at the beginning, I was really like nervous coming into it. I didn't really know what to expect, but um, it's definitely been really good for me to hear everything that everyone has had to say. And um, I just hope that um, everyone who listens to this takes it to heart like I do and can just incorporate everything that was said into their daily lives. So thanks again for having me. Oh, you bet.
0: Skylar, thank you for being willing to, to work us into a busy schedule of your own. And, and we just trust that you'll continue to be a, a great witness um, for your peers and the good people at Britt. And we thank you for Um, just being a great representation of what, you know, Myron spoke to earlier, just the the future is in good hands. Um, We have a lot of hope in you and we have a lot of hope in your generation as you continue to teach us in the present. Um, So thank you, Skylar, for that. Um, Justin, Lisa, Bianca, anything else to add as we um, we wrap up this inaugural attempt at a podcast?
4: So one of the things that... um... That, and Myron just posted a note that he's uh, got to head out. So thank you for joining us, Myron. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Myron. Um, one of the things growing up, my dad had a few rules uh, growing up, and he kind of narrowed them down to two. He said, one, um, you don't have to attend to every argument you're invited to. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a great rule that whenever somebody disagrees with you, you don't have to argue with them. You don't have to fight them on it. And the second rule was never miss a good chance to be quiet. Um, so sometimes when you're, you're talking so much, maybe just sit back and listen. Um, and I think there's an understood third rule that goes with that. And the understood third rule is don't be so quiet that you're complacent. So with those three things in mind, um, I'm just excited about the conversation we've been having because I feel like that's kind of central to all of this is we're actually talking about Um, And I just, I listed out the things that we've gone over just in this conversation alone today, history, civil rights, we've gone into some politics, we've talked about social media, um, going from what it was like in person to virtual to find out what the differences are there, Um, and then strategies for peace. We've talked about all of that in this one conversation today, which gives me so much hope going forward. And I just, I think that's kind of cool. Well said, well said, Justin.
2: I think it was um, good that Myron shared his history. Um, We don't emphasize history enough these days, and I think it's important for folks to see we have come a long way, but in some ways we haven't come far enough, and that hearing that history um, in intermixed within the conversation that we've had today has been very important and very helpful, I think, for a lot of folks to be
3: able to share that.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Great point.
3: Um, I really enjoyed today's conversation and really felt like our topics of discussion, justice, freedom, and grace, are almost inseparable, right? Like there is, with freedom comes responsibility, with justice, you find grace, or maybe grace leads you to justice. There's a lot of like intermingling about how those pillars of, morality, right? And, and human humanity don't exist outside of each other. And I, I just feel like they're all intertwined. And um, it's an, it's an intense time. It's been a really intense year for us all. And as a parent of small children, I feel like they got a crash course in all of those things, justice, <laughs> freedom, and grace. And, um, you know, we also had really big talks about what our own, you know, moral bases as a family and trying times help us grow in a lot of ways. And we have had a really powerful year. And Skylar, I liked when you said that you felt like 2020 wasn't so bad because when I went into reflection on New Year's Eve, that was my thought was it wasn't that bad. You know, I spent more time with my kids and my husband and I am a really good muffin maker now. And um, I just, I think that there, while it was emotionally and politically and socially and professionally and academically challenging, on a very, very interpersonal level, it was highly filled with love and grace and reflection. And that was important for me personally. And anyway, thank you for bringing this conversation to light, David. I appreciate the fact that you were able and to apply for a grant through, the Methodist congregation. And that's really big that, you know, the Methodists see this as a relevant platform to have profound conversations amongst people. So good job on your first one.
0: Sure. Amen, friends. Friends, I just want to thank our, our special guests today, Myron Pitts and, and Skylar Owens, again, for their willingness to um, lead us off into this, um, this new era of digital podcasting here. Um, from the heart of downtown Fayetteville. We thank, um, as, as Bianca said, we thank the North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church for their grant to help us get started. And we also thank the Cool Spring Downtown District and Bianca's good work with all the great folks here in downtown, the many stakeholders involved in that. And we, um, we hope you as listeners will, um, will take this question to heart um, and that you might find a way to share in your own groups, your families, um, colleagues, um, when telling your story how have justice or how is justice, freedom, and peace impacting your life? Just imagine what um, kinds of reflections might cause you to um, learn a little bit more about yourself and about the folks around you as you think about just and justice, freedom, and peace in the world today. Thanks so much for listening and enjoying this time with us. We thank you for your choosing to be a part of this podcast. We hope that you'll share with others as we continue to look forward to the future and more stories from the center. Take care. Be well now.